Well, John has been giving us a series of tests to determine if the faith we profess is genuine. And the first test we considered was the test of righteousness. And the second test was the test of love. We move now to the third test of genuine faith, and that is the test of a heart that does not condemn us. Let's consider what John has to say here in 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 to 24. This is what John writes. Verse 19 of 1 John chapter 3. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whoever, whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if a heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now, the question of whether I am a true child of God and walking in, in the light is one that we all need to ask ourselves. But if you're anything like me, you'll be surprised and shocked at times at the state of your heart, the state of your flesh. Not one of us, of course, can claim to be perfect. And it seems that the closer we get to the Lord, the more we feel that imperfection and the sinfulness of our own heart. There's an illustration I, I like to use about a man who was invited to his friend's house on the other side of the forest. And in preparation, he bathed himself and put on his good clothes. By the time he had set out to go to his friend's house, however, it was starting to get dark, but he pushed through the forest on his way to uh, his destination. And as the evening grew darker, in the distance, he noticed that his friend had put on his porch life for him. And at one point, however, unable to see clearly, he, he trips over a root in a tree and falls in the ground in the mud. Getting himself up, he brushes off the dirt and continues his way. And as he drew closer to the light of his friend's house, he looks down again and noticed more dirt on himself from the fall. So he brushes that off as well and continues his journey. And over the course of the next few moments, before reaching his friend's house, he would look at himself again. And the closer he got to the light of his friend's house, the more it revealed just how dirty he had gotten when he had tripped over that route. The light seemed to reveal more and more dirt. Now, does that sound familiar to you? Isn't that how it is in our relationship with the Lord God? You see, the closer we get to the Lord, the more we understand our sin. And, and the nearer we draw to perfect holiness, the more sin is revealed in us, and the more we see how far we have fallen short. And all of this can become very disconcerting. 
And how can we have any assurance of genuine faith when we feel our sinfulness so deeply? Well, John shows us how much he understands his problem when he says this in verse 19 of uh, 1 John chapter 3. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Notice those words, reassure our heart before him. Those words show us that John is aware of the fact that our hearts need to be reassured in these times. We look into our hearts sometimes and we see what we don't really want to see. There are times when when God will pull back a layer of the onion skin and that powerful aroma of the onion will hit us right in the eyes and just bring tears to our eyes. He'll expose things we never knew were in our heart. He will bring out the his great spotlight and shine it into corners we've not looked into for years. He, and, and, and he will bring to light what we do not even want to admit ourselves. We can be sure that in those times our hearts will condemn us. And if you've ever gone through a refining of the Lord, you'll know that that experience is not an easy one. And in those times, God burns away the chaff and we're left feeling a bit naked and exposed. And notice what John has to say to those who go through these times of, of refining. When we catch a glimpse of our flesh and we begin to feel overwhelmed by the sinfulness of our heart, listen to what John has to say to those of us who go through that experience. In verse 20, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Now, John tells us that when our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Now, let's consider this for a moment. How is God greater than our heart? Well, first, he's more powerful than the sin in our heart. We see the sin and shortcomings and feel like it's hopeless. And Satan takes advantage of that. Then we hear the words of the Apostle Paul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we're reminded that there's nothing impossible for God. And we remember that God has put a spirit in us to enable us to have victory over these sins. And we see how God redeemed men like Paul, the persecutor of the church, we see how he used Peter, the denier of Jesus Christ, and we begin to understand that God is bigger than the weakness and sinfulness I see in my heart, and he is able to do what I cannot do. He can transform this heart of mine into something new, and what I cannot do for myself, he is both willing and able to do for me. He is bigger than any sin in my heart. He is bigger than any stronghold. He is bigger than any weakness. He can break the hardest heart. I just 
need to surrender and let him give me a new and transformed heart. But there's another way in which God is bigger than my heart. And that is because his pardon covers all my sin and shame. That's what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. No sin will ever stand against me on the day of judgment, and my relationship with God is secure. Satan would like to, me to think that I'm doomed because of the sin I see in my heart. But Jesus died to cover every sin, past, present and future and we have no cause to fret over our future because Jesus has covered that we have no cause to fret over our past because Jesus has covered that God's pardon is greater than my greatest sin yes I see rebellion and sinfulness in me but that is not the end of the story those sins have been covered by God and the pardon of God and what he offers is bigger than my worst sin. And so God is bigger than the sins of my heart. Now notice something else here in verse 20. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Verse 20 tells us that God is not only greater than our condemning heart, he knows everything. Now, what in particular does God know here? Well, first, he knows my heart. That's to say, he knows what I'm struggling with. He knows my heart better than I know it myself. He knew this before he made me his child. And the condition of your heart and mine does not take him by surprise because there is nothing hidden from him. Nothing in my heart is hidden from him. He knows it all. But second, the other thing that God knows is what to do about that heart. He knows how to overcome those sins. He knows how to pardon those sins. He knows how to give you absolute and total victory over those things in your heart. He knows the struggle that you have and how to heal it. He knows the answer you need when you don't. And so God is greater than our heart with all its troubles. He knows all about those troubles and he knows what to do about those troubles. Now listen to what John has to say to those who know this God. In verse 21, he says this, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Notice particularly here that he speaks to the beloved. That's to say, he speaks to those who are beloved by God, those who love God, and he challenges them and he tells them that they, as his children, can have confidence before God. John tells us in verse 21, 
that those who belong to God do not need to have a heart that condemns them. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, he says. Now, the question we ask ourselves is this. How is it possible for our heart not to condemn us? And the answer lies in the fact that we belong to him, that we are his beloved, and that he is bigger than any condemnation our heart throws at us. And the cross of Jesus Christ covers the failures and sins, and his pardon is bigger than our sins and failures. And, and what John tells us in 1 John chapter 9 applies to this when he says this, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 1 also applies to this when he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, no condemnation for those who are the beloved of God. Now we get the idea that a heart that does not condemn us is a perfect heart in which there is no sin anymore. But that's not the case. Because not one of us has a perfect heart. Not one of us lives without sin in our lives. And so the heart that does not condemn us is not a perfect heart. It's a forgiven heart. The beloved of the Lord are those who have been forgiven, who can say with all sincerity that God is bigger than the imperfections of their heart, that the blood of Jesus Christ covers the sin, that, that we stand before him because of the work of Jesus Christ as one who has not sinned, who has never sinned, not because we haven't, but because we are forgiven. Now, there's a promise from John to those whose heart no longer condemns them, who have received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and are walking in him. And that promise is in verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Now understand the context of this, whatever we ask, we receive. It's in the context of a heart that is now right with God and in tune with him. And that heart that is in tune with God no longer, no longer condemns us and is, is one that is walking in his purpose. And when it doesn't, it seeks pardon and moves on in obedience. And it is to those who have this heart that has been forgiven and cleansed that God makes his promise of power and blessing. And what God is telling those who are his beloved, whose heart no longer condemns them because it has been forgiven and cleansed by Jesus Christ, that Paul, John is telling us that God is promising that there will be no lack in their walk with him, that our God will provide all we need to overcome. He will give us the victories we need to keep our heart in tune with him. He will provide us with the strength, with the wisdom, with the anointing required to be successful in our walk with him. And we can be assured that he will place the storehouses of heaven at our disposal, at the disposal of those whose passion is to walk with him in with him, with a pure and holy heart. 
Now, as John concludes this section, he summarizes what he's been telling us over the last number of verses. And he reminds us that one of the great barriers to a relationship with the Father is the denial of the Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 23, he says this, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. That is the starting point for us all. There is no relationship with the Father apart from Jesus Christ. There is no forgiveness of sin apart from his work on the cross. And then John goes on in the same verse, however, to tell us that those who truly belong to Jesus Christ will make it their commitment to love one another and to love one another, he says, just as he has commanded us. They will love as Jesus loved them. They will forgive as Jesus forgave them. But more than loving one another, however, the true believer will also demonstrate his or her right standing with God by walking in obedience. And so in verse 24, he says this, whoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. These beloved of God who walk with him maintain a walk with God that is in tune with his purpose for their lives and their heart is to honor him in all they do. And finally, John tells his readers that the way to know if someone truly belongs to God is by the spirit whom God has given. And so in verse 24, the last part, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given. That's to say that the true believer is one in whom the spirit of God dwells. The true believer is one in whom the work of God is being demonstrated the work of his spirit the one who belongs to God is being changed from the inside by the work of God's Holy Spirit ultimately the true believer is one whose heart no longer condemns him because he's been forgiven or she's been forgiven by faith in Jesus Christ who died for them they are indwelt by the Spirit of God who implants the love of God in their heart and demonstrates that through them the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Has that been your experience? Are you confident of the pardon of Jesus Christ? Has he been renewing your heart through the work of his spirit? Has he been reassuring your heart that because of the work of his son, Jesus Christ, there is now no condemnation? Is the faith you profess genuine? Well, then examine your heart. Has God given you the assurance of your forgiveness and pardon? Do you have a heart that no longer condemns you because of the work of Jesus on the cross and the ongoing work of his spirit within you? Mm -hmm. 